This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode 330. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Up on this bonus episode we are recapping Fright Fest Glasgow 2021. This was a slightly different Fright Fest than previous years as it was all digital. Six exclusive movies were viewed. I didn't do any of the shorts. Well I did a few but I'm not reviewing them on this episode. You are getting the six feature movies as reviewed non-spoiler on this episode. It was a weird one, and we will get into that after the first break, but let's recap where we are right now, ladies and gents. This is your second of four planned episodes dropping this week. Started on Monday as we looked at Homicidal, the next title on the old Willen Castle at Columbia set. Myself and Derek working our way through that, and that was the latest review, the third disc in the first box set dear. Today you're obviously getting your catch up on that Fright Fest festival list. <laughs> Couldn't think what I was going to say there. And then into Saturday you're getting a bonus review of a brand new film which is released this coming Friday. It is The Columnist. Uh, it played Fright Fest London last year. It is a Danish movie and I heavy approve of it. I think it's a ton of fun and hopefully you will check it out. Um because it's available as soon as the episode drops. So a non-spoiler review for that will be dropping on Saturday, and then Sunday, 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 we turn our attention to the Arrow video assortment. Coming this weekend, you get the next episode of Where to Begin With. I'm going to be discussing Ghost Watch while reading out your reviews for Fear of a Black Cat and announcing what the next title will be in that series. So that is coming up for you as well. And that is you all caught up, ladies and gents. So, let's get into this, shall we? I'm going to take a very short break. When I come back, I am going to be discussing the first movie, The Woman in Leopard Shoes. We're going to be doing that right after this. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try... They must be destroyed on sight! The new podcast cure-all sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, Cure What Ails Ya. Warning, may cause atrophy. African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Eh bien, si vous le voulez, commençons. 
vous devrez opérer vendredi prochain. Le secrétaire est fermé par une clé cachée dans une commode du salon. Tout ça est indiqué sur le plan. Vous trouverez la boîte dans le secrétaire du bureau, le troisième tiroir en bas à gauche. Vous voyez Un jeu d'enfant. Rappelez-vous qu'il me la faut impérativement dans la soirée, juste après l'opération, au rendez-vous convenu. Soyez ponctuel. Welcome back. So, uh, let's get into this, shall we? So, the first movie that played was The Woman with Leopard Shoes. So, this is what the Fright Fest website says. It says, this was a Scottish premiere. Remember Here Comes Hell, that black and white mystery thriller that caused a Glasgow sensation? Well, here's your next retro fixed. First-timer Alexis Bruchin's impressively old-school yet ultra-modern noir thriller that twists, turns and twists again. A thief is engaged by a mysterious woman to steal a box in a house. The job goes well. As he's escaping, dozens of people arrive for the party. The thief has just enough time to hide in the study. Confined in this little room, he tries to flee, but things turn for the worse when he makes a shocking discovery. So, um, yeah, uh, this one, first one, so it's a French movie. It had English subtitles. Uh, main cast member is Paul Bruchon. Um, maybe related to Alexis Bruchon, possibly, uh, who directed the movie. So, minimal dialogue. Um, is he very much in the war, kind of twisty, turny, thriller sort of thing? Uh, ultra low budget on this one, so not a lot of money at all. Mostly works through uh, kind of unfolding a story in a particular way. So there's heavy overtones of noir in here. Um, single set location kind of twists and turns as the guy explores further into the room and 
I liked this one for the most part. I don't think it was super strong. I think it suffered from having a bit of that budget. I thought the central lead, Paul Bruchon, is surprisingly captivating. There's a lot of camera work here and lighting as well, which kind of evoked German kind of expressionism from like the 20s, thinking like lighting under the eyes and plenty of use of shadow, which kind of captures that, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari sort of vibe. Um, and to be honest with you, the story itself kind of kept me interested towards the end. I don't necessarily think the ending works well. I know the direction that they went was probably to give it a, a nice neat bow, but there was a part where there was a disconnect as to exactly why things were going the way they were. And certainly the, the further you stay in the movie, the more it's kind of explained and fleshed out. Um, because it's a modern movie, there's mobile phones and all the rest, but it kind of has that kind of old school, particularly because of the, the black and white camera as well, that kind of 50s noir feel is, is kind of working through it. Um, it's, it's a surprising little entry. I don't necessarily think it's as good as Here Comes to Hell, which certainly plays with tropes of Fulci, but done in that kind of black and white comedic slapstick sort of way. This one definitely didn't have that going for it, but it actually felt like I, I was saying at the time to our buddy Scott from Scotland vs. Evil that this is the sort of thing that feels like it could have been a 25-minute Inside Number 9 episode that someone's taken and fleshed out a bit more. So I think even the 80 minutes runtime, which is only an hour and 20 minutes, felt a bit long. It felt comfortably like it could have been concluded 40 minutes in. Um, and there was like slight retreading of certain things or parts of the mystery, which took maybe a beat and a half too long to get into or, or be revealed to the audience. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad as an opening movie. I, I certainly don't think it was necessarily super strong. I will say this about Fright Fest Glasgow 2021, um, and you'll get this more as we move through. Because there was less movies here, I think they tried to balance the kind of genre stuff, you know, the stuff that's kind of fringe horror or the stuff that plays festivals alongside the horror stuff as a 50-50 balance. So there really wasn't a lot of horror on the bill here for Fright Fest. I wouldn't say this is a horror movie by any stretch of the imagination. But it was an interesting little kind of entry point into checking out the, the, the festival as it stands. Comes to a grade, I liked it, but I couldn't go any higher than a three. Um, like I say, it has a couple of issues. Certainly worth checking out if it makes its way out there, but three out of five for the woman with leopard shoes. Why did you go there? I told you, it was not safe. Do you know these people? The man, he is her son. He helps. The woman, she practices the old ways. He's a bruja. They don't believe they can let you go. They have seen something inside you. A demon. I don't know what's in my food. I don't know what the heat is. You can't understand what you see now. This is insane. This isn't you. It's what's inside you.
is no demon, Christina. My name is Christina Lopez. I came to this place to die. Right up next is The Old Ways. This one is directed by Christopher Aleander and stars Brigitte Kelly Canales, Andrea Cortes and Julia Vera. This one is a 90 minute movie and this is a deets from the Fright Fest website. It says UK premiere from director Christopher Allender, producer of Glasgow Fright Fest Past Selection Southbound and the Mortuary Collection, a terror tale taken from sinister Latin American folklore. Christina, a journalist of Mexican origin, travels to the home of her ancestors in Veracruz to investigate a story involving sorcery, witchcraft and healers. Once there, she's kidnapped by a group of mysterious locals that claim she's possessed by the devil and she needs to undergo an exorcism. But as she tries to escape her nightmarish situation, Christina starts to believe that her secretive captors may actually be right. Um, so this one definitely a horror movie. It's moving back into the right direction. There's a whole hell of a lot of things that I think marked this in the plus category. A couple of things that brought it down for me overall. The stuff that I really enjoyed. I love kind of South American folklore, especially when it's put in movies. I think it's fascinating. Um, the idea of the many gods and the way that they incorporate them in this movie, specifically around the exorcisms, I think is it's quite... It's not just intriguing, but it, it can be a bit creepy, a bit unsettling, and a bit scary. So that stuff worked really, really well for me. The kind of bruja or witch doctor woman um, is perfectly played and cast in this one. And our central character, for the most part, is kind of sympathetic. Um, I think it's shot well. I think the effects are handled really well. There's a couple of scenes which, you know, kind of were a bit, kind of... A bit uncomfortable, a bit bum squeaking in the seat, trying to get comfy because it just didn't, it wasn't pleasant. That I thought worked really well for it. Where I felt this movie kind of maybe let itself down a little bit is that it tries to. I should also say I'm surprised that they don't mention in the cast, E.G. Bowen, who has a blink or miss him cameo, and I can't remember the last time I saw him in a movie, but. He's kind of the bookend of this story. So he's the guy that sends the reporter down there in the first instance and then he appears at the end of the movie. And what was interesting about this one is, even though it's an hour and 30 long, about 10 minutes from the end, there is a final point in this movie where they can finish it and they choose to tag on 10 minutes to kind of tie up some loose ends. And I actually think that's the wrong thing to do here. I actually thought if they'd finished it like 10 minutes earlier, it would have been a satisfying conclusion. And the additional stuff they put in here to stretch it out or prolong it out actually kind of lessened a little bit for me. It was like they were showing too much of something, which kind of undid the work that had done previously in the movie. Like I see, great effects. I think um, it scored well. Looks like there's a decent budget here. Some captivating stuff. The, the exorcism stuff is not using every trope and cliche you've seen in every other movie because it's South American, they put their own spin on it and it's an interesting spin. So certainly from that point of view, there's plenty to mine out of there. I just think it ran a bit long. I, I think the last 10 minutes are not needless, but in a way where I was like, kind of wish you hadn't done that. Um, that's all I have to say about this one. When it comes to giving the old ways a grade, 
I would give it a 3.5 out of 5. So this was sitting somewhere between I liked it and I really liked it. Like I say, you finished 10 minutes earlier, it'd probably jump up a little bit. Um, and maybe one or two things felt a tad cliche, but I mean, it's cliche in the way where you have to kind of do that if you're doing an exercise an exorcism movie there's no way of getting out that so you're kind of almost uh, damned if you do damned if you don't sort of thing so yeah 3.5 for the old ways in between breath take the shot you've done really good out there kid the size of that deer we're going to be eating venison all summer all the day's work I think we need to see somebody again. And by we, you mean me? No, I mean us. Hey, that look in your eye. Guys in my unit had that look. Maybe there's a brochure you can hand me so I can go? Is that Chris Jellick over there? Is he doing something completely weird? Senior prank day. But we'll see all kinds of dumb stuff today. Swim captain, we'll have Thai food delivered to class, and Becky Vaughn will set up her homemade slip and slide. This is high school. Nothing that happens here matters in the real world. Okay, we are in charge now, so please pull out whichever app you use to do live streaming video. Get them up and running and point it at me. Now! Get down on the ground! Any more friends back there? I'm calling 911. Get back to your homeroom and stay put until the... Disturbing news out of Vernon Central High School. Zoe. In between breath, take a shot. Go! Is it safe to say that this might be our guardian angel? Do you want more people to die? That's the last thing I want. I'm gonna kill one person in this room every five minutes. You don't show your face. hard work. People aren't going to remember you. No. They're going to remember me. Up next was Run, Hide, Fight. So this is the last movie that played on day one, the Friday of Fright Fest. This one was directed by Kyle Rankin. It stars Isabella May, Thomas Jane and Treat Williams. Uh, details is listed on the Fright Fest website for this one. Well, it's an hour and nine minutes long. So what's that? It's an hour and, about an hour and 50 in length. Um, it was its UK premiere. Uh, the description is hold on tight as director Kyle Rankin ratches up the suspense while boldly and controversially addressing a viscerally horrific reality of modern day life by turning it into an all action movie. A normal school day is brought to a brutal halt when invaded by armed students on a murderous mission. 
As the shooting starts and the blood starts to flow, Zoe is lucky to get out alive. But then she heads back inside to the building to rescue the many staff and pupils as she can. It's high school diehard as Zoe uses her survival skills to outsmart her killers. Um, I really like this one. Interestingly enough, this one didn't appear to have the same clout as I expected. I thought this was going to be a kind of bona fide fright fest hit. And it appeared on the Facebook page and the community page. There was just a lot of people that weren't necessarily sold on this one. Now, I don't know. My, I have a guess on this one. I think it's because people are viewing it in isolation. I think with a big theatre pact, I think you may be getting to more of the spirit of this one. If you're looking at it from the mean-spirited idea of high school shootings, this kind of feels like it's in bad taste. But if you're looking at it from the point of view of this is very much like it says, die hard in a high school... I think there's there's a bit more to get on board with. That's certainly how I felt about it when I watched it. It felt very much like it was setting up that idea. We have a over-the-top arch-villain. We have a great kind of book-ending, almost Chekhov's hunting scene, which I think worked really, really well with it. I think it poses a couple of interesting points in the narrative as well, specifically about how bullies don't always... Bullies indiscriminately bully people but when the bullied try and take vengeance they don't always do it to the bullies instead they lash out and anyone can be affected even those that are not even linked tangentially to the bullying themselves i thought that was a really interesting kind of sender board barbara crampton has a kind of small cameo on this one fucking amazing scene heart love barbara crampton thomas jane is just devolved into this kind of gnarly war veteran role that he's now been in about three movies I've seen recently uh, this specifically Money Plane which is as bad as it sounds um, but yeah he, he has a kind of interesting role in, in this movie star of the show is Isabel May who throughout this movie is fucking great you support her you want to see her do well you want to see her survive and you want to see her take these these uh, these kind of murdering pupils down with her um, and she's she's a, a kind of captivating lead. I really enjoyed that. There's a bit of a kind of link to the death of his, her mother, which pops up over and over in the movie. And it's kind of used as an interesting symbol. I don't think it necessarily works all that well in the movie overall in terms of pushing the narrative, but um, it was an interesting little something on the side. Surprisingly violent in parts. Um, and just like a really interesting and I don't want to say it in a, a way where it feels like it's like bad taste a surprisingly fun watch like closing out the Friday this one had all the action that I wanted all the violence um, and it had like really horrible characters getting horrible things done to them um, yeah I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one like I say I was a bit dismayed to see that it didn't necessarily resonate resonate with the Fright Fest cloud as much as it resonated with me but that being said like I say I think there's maybe a taste issue there that this movie plays a lot better with a crowd than it does necessarily if you're sitting at your home screening it digitally like I was uh, that didn't bother me in the slightest I thought it worked really well this one gets a 4 out of 5 I really like this one I will check this out when it's available definitely check this one out again there was plenty in here for me to enjoy Right, I'm going to take a short break. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. And when I return, we're moving into day number two. It was the final day. We had three more movies 
to do and we kicked off with what I'm just going to say was film of the festival eh, Vicious Fun discussing that movie right after this Hey everybody, this is Tim Dorn. My name is Gareth Evans. Hi, I'm Nacho Vigalondo, director of Time Crimes and Open Windows. Hey, this is Graham Skipper. Hola, soy Macarena Gomez. Hello, this is number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler. Yo, monkeys, it's me, D-D-P. And you are listening to The Little Pod of Horrors. Which, as you know, is the best damn idea since premarital sex on Halloween. Jason Voorhees! It'll make you come hard. And that's not a bad thing. That monkey is a good thing. Bam! You can find The Little Pot of Horrors on simplysyndicated.com and on iTunes. Need a ride? As far as I can. Off you. This is what you said to me. A group of serial killers attending a 12-step meeting tried to kill me and my accomplice before disappearing, leaving us with three dead bodies? No, two dead bodies. It's one word, right? Bullshit. Um, sorry to interrupt your meeting. Thanks so much for coming out. How do you maintain your lifestyle and keep your urges under control? I murdered the same victim repeatedly. Just give me a mask. Have you ever bitten into a kidney? What is this, some kind of support group for serial killers? Why are you here? It's complicated. I thought you had our little group sessions on lockdown. Are you a uh, skinner? A slicer dicer or a corpse humper? How did you get in here? I got, I got drunk at the bar. I passed out in a closet for a few hours, okay? 911. Yes. Oh my god, it's horrible. Now Bonnie told me that people are coming here to try and kill him. It may be us. What? Us? Why? <laughs> Tell me! Quarter! It got really messy. I like it messy sometimes. <laughs> Smack in the face. I'm like a coiled snake. Gentlemen, we are about to have a lot of fun tonight. Hey, I didn't even gag. And welcome back. So, Vicious Fun is directed by Cody Callahan, stars Evan Marsh. Amber Goldfarb and Ari Millen. Uh, this was its UK premiere and Frightfest says Joel, a caustic 1980s film critic for a national horror magazine, accidentally stumbles into a secret underground self-help group for serial killers. Can he match wits with five exterminators and make it through the night alive? Kill or be killed? Joel will have to find his inner assassin and muster hidden strengths to defeat the maniacs in his midst. 
a self-aware skewering of 1980s fashions and sensibilities that have slashed through the current era of genre filmmaking. The clue is in the title. With the terrific balance of horror and humour, director Cody Callahan's Nostalgia Fest is both vicious and fun. Um, this was great. This was 100% a Fright Fest movie and 100% a fun movie. Very funny, like very fun in parts. Dripping in nostalgia, but it knows that it's dripping in nostalgia in a way where it's poking fun at those that lean into movies that drip with nostalgia ultimately. Um, it has this great sensibility of not only being nostalgic to 80s horror, but the idea of the movies themselves, all the characters in here that are assassins are a combination of those that would have appeared as villains in movies or in computer games. There's very much a computer gamey sort of vibe in here. I enjoyed the violence. It was kind of awesome. Uh, there's a, a real slapsticky, kind of gory sensibility about it, which once again works well. It has a fucking bitchin' soundtrack. It's neon dripping. The set locations are great. And the central villain is kind of amazing. Uh, like I, I, I thought he was absolutely awesome. It had me cackling with laughter in parts. It's well paced. It runs at just over an hour and a half in length. It's fun, action-packed. This will be getting bought as soon as it's available and watched as soon as I possibly can. This would pair really well with the number of different movies, but it's handled surprisingly well for all its kind of tongue-in-cheek, you know, and not finger-waving, but poking fun mentality. It's handled surprisingly well. Uh, it pulls together really well. And yeah, it was the movie of, the, of the, the festival for me because it just had that fun sensibility about it. I thought this was kind of great. It's going to share the score with another movie, which I'm going to get to later on. But this one was my favourite movie of the festival. Vicious Fun gets 4.5 out of five. Please check this out once it becomes available. You will have a blast. Everybody knows a good hitman takes no prisoners, tells no lies, and leaves without a trace, right? Except I've never been that good at the whole leaving without a trace thing. I usually leave a pretty big fucking trace. We need you to make contact and find out everything you can about them. for a living well this is me don't you feel bad about killing people no i don't do you want to know what it feels like to truly be free because if you do i can show you i just heard the girl is still alive what the fuck are you doing stay with me and i promise you you'll never have to run again similar.
so swinging from the best of the festival, let's swing to the worst. Um, American Badger. Yes, that's the name of the movie. Directed by Kirk Catwet, uh, who also stars in the lead role. Uh, also stars Andrea Stefanakov uh, and Michael Kotzer. The, the story behind this one is, in terms of the movie, not the synopsis, is Kirk Coyote is a stuntman who has done like his list of movies that he's worked on uh, as a stuntman and choreographer is fucking daunting. This guy has worked with everyone and and has made the transition over to making movies. He's got a couple of shorts in his name. Weirdly, the common thread seems to be sex workers. I'm not entirely sure why. If you do the IMDb's, he likes writing about sex workers, but not in the way that someone like a Luke Besson would, would write about it. This is like Luke Besson, but if a badger wrote it. Um, this was pretty painful to watch. I will say the choreography in the fights is fucking great, but that's what this guy does. The acting and dialogue is horrific. I mean, absolutely. Every cliche is ticked here, but it's like bad versions of the cliche. The narration sound design is terrible. So whoever did the sound on this movie should feel fucking ashamed of themselves. It's poppy and distorted. Um and not cleaned up at all. It sounded like it had been recorded on a cheap mic or on someone's phone and played over. Um, it just, the movie just didn't make sense. We have this like amazing serial killer who's the go-to guy to get things done because he's an American badger, which is the most unlikable of the badger family, apparently. Um, and literally two seconds after meeting his new Mark, who's a sex worker, he kind of wants to save her and fall in love with her. like all this just didn't, like the transition was too much and there was a little bit it reminded me of there's that Stallone movie called Assassins or The Assassin um, with the he's, he's writing messages on the computer and it's done the same way in this but just really fucking bad there's far too much story I'm using story loosely and dialogue and not enough fighting for for me. Like this movie would have been best placed if they'd done it kind of like a low budget. It's interesting because like the opening scenes, I wrote a message to Scott saying, "Oh, this is like a shite John Wick," and that's kind of what it's like. It's got a bit of the John Wick about it, but nowhere near on the same level or interest. But also, there was a part of me that felt like this movie could have been much better served if it was like a movie like Hardcore, that POV movie from a couple of years ago that starred Charlotte Copley. Um, if what they'd done is just stripped out all the dialogue and just made the American Badger at the beginning be given this impossible hit and then film them for an hour and 20 minutes trying to achieve it, that movie would work. This movie didn't work. It's the same repetitive sound effect uses, the same bad digital effect on the gun shooting. Um... There's bad digital blood in this. And it just felt lazy and bad, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a good movie at all. Uh, it was a European premiere. I'm going to give you the synopsis and I'm going to give it a grade. It says, meet Badger because his real name is Dean. Uh, that Yeah, meet Badger because his real name is Dean and that's the lamest ever for a hitman. Like all American badgers, he prefers to be alone and has hardly spoken a word to anyone except his handler. But all that is about to change with his latest assignment. 
Make, he makes friends with a call girl called Velvet, extract information about the criminal Albanian gang she works for, and then kill her. What he doesn't know is that Velvet is like daughter to the mob boss and all hell is about to break loose in this gritty and turbo-driven hard-action thriller. I say skip American Badger. And you see 1.5. I didn't hate it, but it was a ball here above it. A 1.5 out of 5. Instantly skippable. Don't waste your time on American Badger. J'ai rencontré quelqu'un. Quelqu'un de, de différent. C'est une danseuse. Elle est belle. Elle est vraiment belle. Et euh, elle est pas comme les autres. brings us to the final movie which was another French movie. This one is Out of This World directed by Marc Fouchard. Um, stars Kevin Miskell, Aurelia Piero and June Assal. Um, this was about an hour and, a, hour and 40 minutes long. It's French with English subtitles. The deets on the Fright Fest website is uh, this was a UK premiere. The very private Leo uh, with a stunning performance by Kevin Michel, has issues communicating with others due to past trauma and only lives for his music. For now, not able to have a career as a composer, he works as an Uber driver and lives in his car. When Leo picks up Amelia, a deaf dancer, he sees a like-minded spirit connected to the same remote sound universe yet cut off from the world, just like him. But Leo's hiding a dark and dangerous secret in this disturbing, provocative and compelling thriller from a brilliant new director, Mark Fashard. Yes, this was my second favourite movie. Um, I thought there was elements in here of Maniac as the obvious comparison and I imagine it's going to come up. Cruising is an obvious comparison and I imagine it's kind of going to come up. Um, it reminded me of that movie Knife and Heart which came out a couple of years ago, the kind of Jallo-esque French movie. 
not in terms of the Jallo part of it, but in terms of the idea of this kind of repressed serial killer um, kind of striking out. Um, so there's a little bit of that. First and foremost, it is a wonderfully subdued and at times hyper-violent portrayal of the darkness that is inside tortured individuals who don't fit with the world. Like our main character here, and they're right by seeing his stunning performance, Kevin Michelle is fucking great in this movie and you feel for him throughout the movie is this horrible character that is desperately trying to make the connection that he can never have uh, and then on the flip side of that the actions that he lashes out are so reprehensible it's difficult to kind of fathom um, it worked really 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 well for me I imagine this might be too slow for some people but I thought the story was compelling I thought the cinematography was gritty and real and vibrant and industrial and it hooked me in there. I thought the performances, not only with Kevin Michelle, but specifically the lead that plays Amelia, uh, were, were fucking great. Um, effects were awesome in this one. The violence, it doesn't shy away from it, so when it does happen, it's very difficult to watch on screen, but I thought it was handled incredibly well. Um, and just the whole package together, just it felt like something a bit edgy, something very fright festy, to be sure. Um, but one that I imagine is going to have people talking about it when it makes its, you know, its formal release later on this year, hopefully. There's plenty in here to mine out. It's just a deliberate, dark character study and, you know, has all those great attributes of French cinema that I enjoy, you know, the the attention to, to gritty brutalness and the visual eye that works really well for it. Simtrack is also bitching on this one. Um, I gave this one a 4.5 as well. Like I say, Vicious Fun is probably the movie overall that wins it for me. But this one was a close second for sure. So yeah, my kind of final summation for this was Fright Fest Glasgow 2021 in the digital format with six movies was, was fun. I enjoyed it for the most part. There are definitely home comforts that benefit, you know, sitting down watching a movie being able to drink as much as you want without people passing judgement on you uh, and watching through the movies. I thought the selection was a bit horror light if I'm honest. There's at least two titles in here, maybe three at push, that are either not horror movies or so on the fringe that it's very difficult to see it with a confident face. Um, I, I genuinely think American Badger was a complete misstep. One of the worst movies I've seen at Fright Fest if I'm honest and had I not committed to watching them all I might, like, had I been in the cinema room when this was on, I would have walked out. We went away, got some beers, grabbed something to eat with the lads, because I don't imagine anyone thought this was a great movie, and I actually am surprised it made it on. The guys are usually a lot better. I don't always gravitate with all the movies, but even the ones that I don't like tend to be, that's an issue with me, and there's plenty of other people that enjoy them, so it did feel like a bit of a misstep for the, the Fright Fest bookers. Um, and with that though, strong, very much looking forward to getting back into a proper one next year. Um, six movies is not enough over two days and I ended up like, watching a couple other movies. They put out The Mask, uh, Mask of Red Death um, on, um, on 4K screener through the Glasgow Film Festival as well. So I actually checked that out um, on, the, on the Sunday. 
as a way to give me that extra day. Uh, which was excellent. The print of that is fucking phenomenal and I'll probably buy it on Blu-ray. But yeah, I, I mean, it, it misses something about that crowd mentality. I, I, Vicious Fun, as much as I loved it, could have been a five-star movie with an audience. Um, so it was missing something. Also, like I say, Run, Hide, Fight um, feels like the sort of movie that would have probably scored higher collectively amongst everyone had it played Fright Fest. So there we go. We'll be doing more Fright Fest next year. Whether it's still sitting in this house or it's in a fucking cinema come hell or high water. Going to take my final break when I come back and close into the show right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been bonus episode 330. We've sat down and just discussed Glasgow Fright Fest 2021. There's a multitude of ways to check out the show. Wherever you're listening to us right now, make sure you hit subscribe. That way you get access to shows as and when they drop and access to the over 800 episodes in the archive. Subscribe to the Teapots Collective and that way you get all the stuff over there. Whether it's where to begin with, Doing the Nasty, Opera Omnia or Chronicle. Visit the website, it's tputtscast.com, our merch page is tputtscast.bigcartel.com. You can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputtscast. And you can also check us out on facebook.com forward slash tputtscast for the Teaputs Collective. Reach out and interact with myself and the buyers on the twin prongs of social media sexiness. Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at tputtscast. The podcast Under the Stairs returns on Saturday with a review of the brand new horror movie The Calmnest which is available this coming Friday, Friday the 11th. So yeah, it is out there. You will be able to check it out. Please check it out. Uh, yeah, I had a ton of fun with it. You'll hear it on my review but uh, dark, comedic, witty, biting, satirical and prescient for the time period that we live in. Um, yeah, so I'm very much looking forward to chatting about that when that episode drops on Saturday and until then, wherever you are, wherever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off. <laughs>